and welcome to another episode of the Movie Podcast. My name is Shabazz, and I am one of your hosts. Alongside me, I have the one, the only, the only person in the world with this name, Daniel. I, I don't think that's true. I got my facts from your Facebook page. Oh, okay. So I think that makes correct. sense. That makes yeah. sense. I always wonder because you always build it up. I'm like, who is he going to go to first? Uh, is it going to be me or is it going to be the other well, hosts? I go so. in uh, D alphabetical order. That's why. Okay. So I go D alphabetical order. Yeah. yeah okay. Always, you always got to go backwards. Oh, you go reverse of alphabetical. Okay. Uh, d- reverse, dealphabetized, uh, uh, tomato, tomato. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Speaking okay. of tomatoes. Uh, speaking of tomatoes, <laughs> I've got Anthony here, the sauce king of the West. Anthony, how are you today? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Yeah, are, yeah, we, yeah. are we actually recording, or is this like not being recorded? What, you don't like my like opening? The worst intro <laughs> I've ever heard. That was the and worst intro you ever heard. Right now it's 10:35 p.m. and that almost put me to sleep. You just <laughs> you just gave away the timing of our recording. How yeah, dare you? Can now, this, this. now this now now this episode is out of date already. It's true. Yeah, but but what day is it though? I didn't say what oh, day. Oh shoot! I didn't say uh, what shoot. year. Oh, we're okay. living in the future. <laughs> you didn't say what year it is. That's good. You almost gave that away then. Uh, Anthony, how are you doing? I am doing well. I am doing well. Um, today was really hot, and I today sweated was really a lot. Hot. Yeah. Uh, you, f- you sound a little tired today, but we're gonna we're gonna amp it up. We're gonna bring it. We're gonna bring the energy and make sure that your Monday morning drive to wherever you're going uh, <laughs> to your living room to yeah. Where the, well, hopefully, hopefully yeah, you're staying home. But people who are people are mostly back to work now. I'd say a good majority. Um, yeah. So you know what? If you, if you're driving, then then you know, thank you for doing whatever you do. Uh, as always, you can catch a new episode of the Movie Podcast every Monday across all your favorite podcast services. And if you want to be a part of the show. Go ahead and give us your comments, suggestions, and corrections, and head on over to thistimewith.com slash talk. And, of course, we got a little something in our mailbag today. Let me just shake our mailbag. I don't know if you can hear me shaking it. That's right. I'm not actually holding a mailbag because it's not the year 1920. But uh, we got something in our mailbag, and this is from Joel Doucet. I want to say Doucet. Doucet? I'll, I'll, we'll judges? Judges, judges, are, judges rule that Joel I can't even say speak English, so I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> Joel to say of Amherst, Nova Scotia. Thank you all the way from Nova Scotia. That's awesome. I've never been in Nova Scotia, and hopefully one day I will get my chance to go. So looks like Joel, a beautiful place. I looks like it. Joel says I have a movie suggestion for you. Whether you have seen it or not, Upgrade was directed by Lee Wannell, the Invisible Man, Saw franchise, and Insidious franchise. To me, it was a stylistic sci-fi body horror movie that flew under the radar. It plays out like a better version of the movie Venom and left me in awe in its ending. Would love for Wannell to pursue more original ideas now that he has struck up a deal with Blumhouse to create more movies, but I know he's focusing more on the Universal Monster movies. Um, so I know we spoke about um, Upgrade not that long ago, actually, because I remember Daniel probably in the beginning of this uh, quarantine, we probably watched it. Yeah, I, I believe it was in March. Yeah, uh, I think it was the last one to watch it. it. Yeah, yeah. So I saw it, I think, what, last year, year before that. Then I kept saying, guys, you got to watch this movie. You got to watch it. And I know Daniel, you watched it. Then Anthony, you watched it not long ago also. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think of Joel's comments? Anthony, what do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed Upgrade. It was kind of like um, a modern take on 
um, like body horror. Because mm-hmm. I always think of like Robocop for body horror. Right. You know, like the fucking blow him up, arms ripped off, and he's still <laughs> alive. But then you put him into this machine that allows him to do so many other things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of, I really, really enjoyed it. Plus, it was like this really small budget film that made um, big waves, especially for um, the director to then, you know, direct Invisible Man. Um What's he directing next? I think he's doing like another horror film. Is he not doing Wolfman? I think, or I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm. Yeah, I'm, it was on I episode. Like, uh, go ahead, sorry, Anthony. No, I was just gonna say I like his his style of horror. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Very much. Yeah, it was on episode uh, fifty one, uh, where we were talking about. Oh God, it feels it feels so long. We were talking about Tiger King. Oh my God. <laughs> Back in March, we were we were talking how I it was the first time I watched Upgrade and I, how I've been wanting to watch it for such a long time and uh, yeah, Joel, I, I couldn't agree more. Like I think Upgrade is is one of those such a stylistically cool movie uh, with body horror that like yeah that like like Anthony said he mentioned RoboCop and I always think of like David Cronenberg as well for like the type of body horror uh, that he does. But um, yeah, it's such a such a uh, the cinematography in Upgrade was so cool, and I loved how you saw those uh, those callbacks in The Invisible Man, and I and I can't wait to see what uh, Lee does next because I think he's one of those directors to watch right now because he could do mm-hmm. a lot with a small budget. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, definitely, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree. I'm excited. I really loved Upgrade, and uh, I, I I don't know if I want a sequel for it, but I think that you know if the writing is there, the visuals will come with it. So I'm, I'm definitely down for it. Yeah, or something even in that world, you know. Like, yeah, there's there's so many opportunities to do something cool in that world. So because they created a really cool world in that movie too, with all these other characters who have you know different, like, I'll say, powers in a way. Like there's that one guy when he sneezes, the main villain, and those like nanites come out and like you know kill people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I love a movie about the sneezing that, guy. That was that was COVID. Yes, you're right. You caught me. That was COVID. COVID the movie, the musical. Uh, let's jump into some announcements. So, of course, we have our commentaries that are still up, and you know, probably by the end of uh, this summer, we'll we'll do another one. If you have a suggestion for us on what we should ha- do a commentary on, something that's primarily available on a streaming service that's more accessible. Please go on over to thistimewith.com slash talk. Let us know what you think we should record a commentary on and if we should do any cool voices during it. Uh, we probably won't. We'll probably just do our own voices, so we'll keep it at that. The but last we time have I did game- a voice was uh, <laughs> we got in trouble. So. Yeah, well, we're not, we're not doing that voice again. Uh, but we have Game Night, Sicario, and Spider-Man from 2002, Mr. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Uh, that's available on the feed. And, of course, catch up on some of our you know noteworthy episodes we have. How Movie Theaters Are Reopening Safely with Sarah Van Lang. That was last week's episode. Great episode if you missed it. Um, really talks into how Cineplex is keeping our safety first. And we have our very powerful Black Lives Matter episode with Asha, you know, guest of the show. And we really dive into what the movement's all about and how we, with the platform, can keep supporting. Zack Snyder's Justice League Snyder Cut is coming to HBO Max in 2021. And we talk a lot about that. We kind of explain what the Snyder Cut is. And, of course, we have our interview with Kevin Lima, director of a goofy movie, Tarzan, Enchanted, and more. And do not forget, we have our amazing spoiler cast episode of The Last of Us Part Two with Matt Rohrbach from the Untitled Movie Podcast and Nate Shelton of We Are Geek Centric. So please give that a listen as well because that's a great episode. And also, again, 
Do not forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and then join our Discord, baby. Discord is right down there in the show notes. Give it a little click clack on your keyboard and uh, you know, give that a read. How many, people, how many people yeah, do you think how many people do you think turned off the podcast when I did my seductive voice? Um <laughs> everyone. I, I I'll be honest, I turned my headphones off. <laughs> you I heard you throw your computer across the room. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's because the Leafs just lost. That's why. <laughs> oh, too soon. All right, let's jump into the news. Three, two, one. <laughs> Shay, I felt like you hesitated. Like you, I heard the deep breath, and then I heard like you got scared, and you're like, yeah, I can't I, do it. I, I did get a little scared. I won't lie. I won't lie. I got That's okay. It. A little, it, a little hopefully, bit. <laughs> hopefully, it sounds good on, on the listener's end. <laughs> Perfect. So first little bit of news today is Mulan to skip theaters and go for a Disney Plus premiere. This is going from Adam B. Vary and Rebecca Rubin of Variety. In other in another major blow to movie theaters, Disney's announced that Mulan will forego its planned theatrical release. Instead, the live action remake is premiering on Disney Plus on September 4th for a premium rental price. Unlike the rest of the content available on Disney Plus, Mulan won't be it won't won't be available directly to subscribers. Consumers in the U.S. and other territories will have to pay twenty nine ninety nine U.S. to rent the movie on top of the streaming service's monthly subscription fee of six ninety nine U.S. In markets where Disney Plus isn't available, Mulan will play in cinemas. We're looking at Mulan as a one off, as opposed to saying there's some new business windowing model that we're looking at. Chapek said Tuesday on the company's earnings call. Um, I know that they also kind of spoke. I think a couple of days ago or today about Canadian pricing and what that's going to look like. So we'll probably be here in the next coming weeks, what that looks like. But Daniel, what, what are your thoughts on this? You know, this, uh, this was breaking literally after we finished recording with Sarah from Cineplex last week. And, you know, we were kind of talking like, Hey, what is, should we, should we address this? Should we wait? And I'm glad we waited because we got some more information, some more context for this, but you know, this is tough. Like if this was four months ago, I would have I would have loved this news. I would have been so happy about it. Now that theaters are starting to reopen, at least here in Canada, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, it's nice that it's still gonna show in theaters where theaters are available, but to think about the price point, you I, I'm just weighing in my head, I'm like, okay, twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, but if I was gonna take my whole family to see this, um, it would have been way more than that price. So it's when you, when you see it in the perspective of the price of it, it's not a bad price. Yes, it's expensive, but it's not a bad price um, compared to a theater experience. Mm-hmm. And you have your own snacks at home and everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, though, that they are putting it only on Disney+, Plus, though. Uh, like, Disney+, Plus is the only option for you to rent it. You can't rent it if you're uh, on iTunes or google or whatever other uh streaming services are out there or digital uh storefronts are out there they're mm-hmm. making it as a disney plus uh, experience in a way. right um so it's it's interesting and there's also the the sign i'm looking at it for like you know there's the optics of it where you know it's mulan that's opening up and people are saying well pay attention to the movies disney's choosing to put on disney plus rather than foot on a on a theater experience. And I think a movie like Mulan, where um, we're having a female lead, we're having uh, a cast that's a predominantly Chinese cast, um, isn't going to be able to get the theater experience. I get how it looks, but also there's a pandemic. So I'm just glad that at the end of the day, this means that people will get to see the movie. Um, Anthony, are you, are you with me? Are you, are you against me, man? Tell me. Um, 
not against you. I'm not even with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not against you. I'm He's not even with you. <laughs> or, or below you. Um, no, so I, I just have like questions. What this $29.99 gets you? Does it just unlock the movie? Does it give you a rental period of 24 hours? Do you have it forever when you sign back into your Disney Plus a month from now? So these are like the questions a lot of people are asking. If I'm giving you $30 or probably here in Canada, like $40 um, or even more, who knows? Um, I think it's a mortgage payment, to be honest. <laughs> it's a layaway. You got to lay, lay money away. <laughs> oh, it's almost as much as the, the subscription. Um, but do we, do we get to see this all the time after we pay that $30 premium? So, so a lot of those uh, questions that you actually have, um, I'm going to dive right into this next little bit over here because it, it answers some of what you're asking, Anthony. And this is coming from Chris Lindell of IndieWire. So when Disney announced Tuesday that it was ditching the hope of releasing Milan in U.S. theaters in favor of a domestic Disney Plus premiere September 4th, it could have been construed as yet another pandemic-era stake in the heart of the theatrical experience. But in reality, despite the fact that Disney won't have to split its Mulan PVOD revenue with any third party, viewers shouldn't expect to watch the next Marvel movie at home. The movie is a safe bet to make up lost theatrical grosses while boasting Disney Plus subscriptions, a strategy that for now simply can't be applied across the company's slate. The film will be available only to people paying the $6.99 a month for Disney streaming service, but they'll have to pony up that additional $29.99 US to actually watch the movie. Unlike the recent PVOD Trailblazers Universal, Disney's model of premier access sees a studio taking in 100% of the revenue, whereas Universal split it 80-20 with iTunes and other rental platforms. Theatrical revenue split is about 50-50. So for Universal, the Trolls PVOD math look like this. Universal has made more than $77 million in revenue from Trolls World Tour based on its $100 million in digital sales. The original Trolls grossed just under $154 million at the domestic box office, which translated into the same profit for Universal. By comparison, Disney's last live-action adaptation, 2019's Aladdin, grossed $1.05 billion. The studio would need around 30 million people to rent Mulan in order to match their Aladdin profits when you account for budget and marketing costs. So what it pretty much looks like is, yeah, you're unlocking this, this film, and then you kind of have it as as long as it's part of your subscription. Now, right. obviously, Mulan being a Disney film from the beginning, you then ha- kind of have to wonder, and I guess this question really isn't answered yet, is if let's just say, yeah, you don't pay the twenty nine ninety nine for Mulan, is it going to be like five, six months down the road, it automatically just becomes a part of the catalog of Disney Plus or what? Like that's, I guess that's the question that you kind of want to balance to yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause like no yeah, one learning that, this information, I like $30 for Mulan is not, I would, I wouldn't pay it just because I'm not a fan of Mulan. If it was, um, Black Widow, probably because that's a movie I would probably want to watch right well, it's, away. It's your interest, right? Your interest sure. right now is yeah. not in Mulan. It's, it's definitely in something else. So, yeah, it totally makes sense. I don't um, know if a lot of Americans are going to want to watch Mulan, too. So, it's, I like don't, a, it's an I don't interesting know, film to choose to make this as their $30 um, their, their test subject, I guess. Right? Yeah. yeah their, I, like, their I would say Black Widow great. would have been that test subject. I it, agree. It, 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 like, it hits all, all markets. 
but like right. Mulan, but I also think like, mm, it's like the it, because when you watch it, it it seems like an like a historical Asian film, mm-hmm. right? You know, like you don't get the Mulan vibes that you would from the cartoon, right? The animation, right. and also Disney's live action um, animated movies haven't been you know blowing people out of the water. Yes, they made a lot of money, but that's Disney. But in terms of how if people are coming back to them. I don't think it's that high, but Daniel, I know you're trying to right. say something as well. Um, no, it's interesting. I think Black Widow would have 100% been more successful, um, but I also think that that's just the power of Marvel Studios right now. So I think them testing it with Mulan is something that they've kind of had on the back burner since now, since March, that they just want to release it. And mm-hmm. with all these movies being kind of moved out of theaters, Mulan will still be in theaters for people to go watch if they want to, wherever theaters are open Mm -hmm. and they'll have the option of watching online. And I think Disney's accounting for all of this, you know, Disney's playing chess right now with these moves. Right. Um, They're, they're seeing what's going to work. And if they could get 30 million people to rent Mulan over however many times, that's going to equate to the same amount that Aladdin made. And I think they're realizing that and they're saying, Hey, you know what? Instead of us, dealing with all this theater stuff we could just put it right to home um again it's it's interesting that again that we're paying for it on disney plus because it's it's an interesting model that they're going Mm. with but i uh, like anthony i wouldn't be opposed to them doing this more at least for this year uh, right with black widow and and other disney movies that i i want to watch but Maybe necessarily don't want to risk my health to go watch, no, right? No, you're no, you're absolutely right. I, I, it's 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 very unique. I mean, and also correct me if I'm wrong. Did Mulan not already have its world premiere? It did. It right. really did. So there are people in the world who have, have seen, seen this movie. movie in theaters who will have an experience that not a lot of people will have. Um, but I also, but it makes sense why Disney's not committing to this right now, right? Because they mm-hmm. want to see if they could first make some money off of it and also. Um, not kind of totally cut ties with the theater uh, experience either. So right. um, it's very base interesting for Disney plus Th- again, they just hit this week, 60 million subscribers. Mm. So that's last time we reported on it is when they hit 50 million and that was back in April. So since April, they've had another 10 million people sign up for wow. Disney plus. So let's say if even half of those people subscribe, that, according to the article that we just read, would kind of get them in the profit zone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You know, like mm-hmm. they're they're going to be making tons of money, and Disney is very good at making money. And I think I think this will this will net them a lot of money because I this think people want to watch movies. Litmus test, honestly. For sure. I wish you know I wish it could have happened for another movie because I wish Mulan was able to get that uh, the debut it deserved, but. Um, I'm just glad that people at the end of the day, people are going to be able to watch this movie. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Next little bit of Disney news. Captain Marvel 2 finally finds its director in Candyman's Naya DaCosta. This is coming from Justin Kroll of Deadline. In what is sure to be one of the bigger directing jobs to be taken off the table in recent months, we are hearing that Naya DaCosta, who directed the anticipated reboot of Candyman, has been tapped as the director on Marvel's sequel to Captain Marvel. Wow, that's like a, it's like a tongue twister, twister almost. Yeah. <laughs> the Costa takes over for Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who directed the first pick to massive box office success. Marvel is known for switching up directors in its popular franchises like Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, 
to give the next installment a fresh voice and have a meeting with candidates for the past couple of months. Megan McDonnell, a story editor on the Marvel-based series WandaVision, penned the script for Captain Marvel's sequel with Brie Larson returning to star. The film is currently dated for July 8th, 2022. Uh, Anthony, what do you think? Uh, that's that's good news for um, um, Nia DaCosta. I haven't seen any of her content, so I, I, I'm looking forward to watching Candyman. I thought her little short for Candyman was really, really well done. Um, and I thought, oh yeah, the know, papercraft one, the papercraft one was fantastic. It yeah, was like it was a awesome. short, like a, a short animated um, story on Candyman. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really interested in watching revision of Candyman whenever it comes out uh the trailer really gripped me and again it has those vibes of Jordan Peele in it as well so um I'm looking forward to that so good for her yeah I think I think news like this um only kind of helps you go okay that probably means that Candyman's gonna be a good film if oh, Marvel is easily. already because I mean you look at um when Colin Trevorrow got the job for Jurassic no, it was Jurassic. No, Star Wars. Sorry, Star and, Wars. You know, yeah, he, he did Jurassic World and killed it. And then Booker Henry didn't do so well, and it's like they pulled him out of the gate. But I'm thinking here, you know, Disney got a little bit smarter and said, okay, maybe they've seen Candyman, or maybe they've they know enough to go. All right, Naya, you're next. Uh, Daniel, what about, what about you? Yeah, no, this is this is great news. Honestly, like it made me so excited for. Candyman, and it also it just kind of continues Marvel's trend right now with you know going after those smaller indie directors and giving them a platform, giving them a big movie to put under their wing because you know that's that's Marvel's mo. Like John Favreau really w- hadn't done anything massive other than like Elf and Zathura at the time, and he <laughs> came in and he killed it, and now he's probably the one of the most successful directors working today. Yeah. You know, you have Ryan Coogler who came in. Um, off of like Fruitvale Station and Creed and absolutely killed it and look what happened with Black Panther and mm-hmm. Taika Waititi and Thor and mm-hmm. these are all directors now who are in so in demand and they're thriving and they're doing great and it's they could still do their smaller more passionate projects but also come in and direct giant movies and the first captain mm-hmm. marvel was a huge success at the box office it proved a lot of a loud uh, minority of dumb fans on the internet wrong with it being like this oh like anti feminist agenda feminist agenda movie which is so right. dumb. Very dumb um i had a lot of fun i had a lot of fun with the first captain like with captain marvel one which was last year at this point um, oh, wow. i thought it was yeah. a fun movie and i'm ex- i'm excited to see where it goes with the sequel and i think Niall's going to do a, a dope job and it makes me just even more excited to watch Candyman because i'm really it sounds like she's killing killing it Oh yeah, yeah. I'm really glad that Marvel, you know, takes these chances with these smaller directors because it would be so easy. And I always see these posts online, and I and I couldn't disagree with them more. But they're like, oh, I'd love it if like a big director like Steven Spielberg directed or J.J. Abrams directed the next Marvel film. And I'm like, no, I I don't want that because then you know exactly what you're gonna get. You know, you're right. gonna get something that's so paint by numbers. While yes, the criticism for Marvel's films being very, um, I guess in a way, paint by numbers, they're still a unique identity to them that I think each director brings. And for sure. I'm really excited to see what Naya is going to bring, especially if she's coming from this horror film, like that element could be great going forward. For sure. And you know, she's young. And just like you said, Shay, like Marvel studio movies, you know, have 
an aesthetic to them for sure. They're mm. you're in you're playing within their in their worlds the or their sandbox, right? yeah. But what you're still getting out, I think, is still a really unique sometimes and really fun. And just if you're looking at Marvel's track record, it's just consistently great times. Yeah. So what Phase Four looks like, at least right now, it looks like they're swinging in a totally different direction with just doing something different and i'm excited to see how they're going to keep this franchise that i love so much and the world loves so much going while also trying to be original and trying to go in directions that haven't been done before because you don't want just the same thing over and over and over again because that's when franchises get stale and you get things like transformers and uh, we'll get hate for this but like fast and the furious as well where you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again and mm-hmm. it just you're losing your fan base at that point exactly next story we got here is john wick 5 is confirmed by Lionsgate. the sequel will be shot back to back with the fourth installment this is from, coming from anthony d'alessandro of deadline Keanu Reeves is back in the back-to-back sequels game with john wick 4 and 5 aiming to film consecutively next year On today's Lionsgate earnings call, the studio CEO, John Feltheimer, said, We are so busy preparing scripts for the next two installments of our John Wick action franchise, with John Wick 4 slated to hit theaters Memorial Day weekend 2022. We hope to shoot both John Wick 4 and 5 back-to-back when Keanu becomes available early next year. The sequel, John Wick 4, is currently scheduled for May 27th, Memorial Day weekend. I stopped. I stopped. I realized that I... No, was no longer reading his quote, and I still. I was, I, <laughs> I was going to say the last sentence was not part of the quote. <laughs> the reason why is my mouse is covering the uh, the quotation. I'm like, oh, oh this sound is still part of his quote. But uh, what do you, you guys think? You jumped, think from, you, you jumped from a few different accents there. I mean, yeah. well, that's what I, I, I couldn't identify where he was from, so I gave got him you, this ambiguous you. accent. I gave him something that people didn't want. Again, I, I heard this, Austrian. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, Austria. definitely. I heard, Austria, I heard some Russian. Russian. Yeah. Yep, yep. What else did you guys some hear? From Stallone. Uh, Stallone, I heard some Stallone. It was there. some Stallone. I, honestly, you guys are yeah. getting all of them right now. These are all of the right. three things that I, I definitely, definitely did. Um, um, Anthony, super excited. <laughs> I was going to say, the first, the first sentence of this, Keanu Reeves is back, made me think all the time when Anthony does his impression of Keanu in John Wick. Um, oh, and do you want to do it for Anthony? You know, I know. Do, do, please do. I'm back. Yeah, I think I'm back. Something like that. I don't know exactly. Yeah, that, was, like that. that was like that. We really hyped it up. We really, um, hyped it up. we really hyped it up. Yeah. So you get what you get. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Anthony? I know. I know. You, I know you, you're probably my number one Keanu Reeves fan that I know. Yeah, man. Um, I was. I'm just happy he's being. He's you know he's doing them back to back because by the time they're finished, he's gonna be like 58. <laughs> He's, he's, he's like gonna, 55 he's right now. Back. He's going to be on his back. Yeah. He's turning 56 in September because I just looked up his birthday. So by the time he films this, he'll be 57. And mm-hmm. then he'll be closer to 58. It's crazy. Like, And he still has to do The Matrix. I don't even it's know It's crazy to think that like, the there's going to be more John Wick movies than there will be Matrix movies by the time he's done. That's true. That's true. Yeah, this is like, just like his biggest franchise now. I, I think that as much as the Matrix might have solidified him, John Wick is, I think, transcending through everything because people can relate to it a lot better than the Matrix because the Matrix is really a, a thinking man's movie at most points, whereas yeah. John Wick is – you can either be a huge action fan or you can just be completely like, oh, I, I like popcorn films, and there you go. 
Mm-hmm. Game over I, by you. And do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, no, it's great, and I think I'll, I'll be honest. I'm I'm big fan of the series, and I know that required my honesty. But uh, yeah, the third one didn't uh, didn't hit as much for me. I still I thought yeah. it was a good time. Still, I just wish that it was as tight as the first and second movie were. Um, but I think what I was going to say, in all honesty, is that um, going forward, I think we're going to see a lot more studios shooting movies back to back. Because we don't know what's going to happen with closures and with pandemics and things like that. Um, we're going to start seeing a lot more studios committing to more movies to be shot at once to get them in the can so they could already start editing them and doing what they need to do. Because the hardest process right now when there is a global pandemic is shooting and being on location and everything. Once that's exactly. at least done, the editing process, you could have a lot more social distancing and uh those safety measures in place, but actually shooting a movie with hundreds of thousands of people uh, on set to get it done. Um, this is something that we're going to see a lot more of. So I'm glad that they're committing to it because it sounds like they're confident in f- uh, the next installment. And hopefully five is just as good as four and we'll take it from there. Yeah. Anthony, I think I cut you off before. Were you about to say something? No, I wasn't. No. Okay. Then I <laughs> How dare you assume? Uh, I'll never assume again. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? I, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, just like you, uh, Daniel, I, three has some great moments. Like I love the fight towards the end, um, but it, it, it didn't hit me as hard as one and two did. So let's, uh, let, let's see what happens. One to me is, is lightning in a bottle. It, it did such a great job as to what it is. So I'm excited Easily. to see what kind of comes forward. Uh, our next story, a little bit off of movies, but still within the realm of you know comics and movies in some way, is Rocksteady is announcing its Suicide Squad game. This is coming from Matt Perslow of IGN. So Batman Arkham series developer Rocksteady has announced on Twitter that it is working on a Suicide Squad video game and will announce further details on August 22nd as part of DC Fandom, DC Comics Digital Fan Event. A Suicide Squad game was first considered a possibility following the end of Batman Arkham Origins, which was developed by WB Games Montreal. It featured a post-credit scene in which Deathstroke was asked by Amanda Waller to join the Suicide Squad. In the years since, Rock City shipped Batman Arkham Knight. There have been rumors suggesting the studio has been working on a Suicide Squad game, but no official word from the development team or publisher WB Games has come out so far. Those rumors arose once again last month with the suggestion that the game's full name may be Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Although the poster art featured in the above tweet just says Suicide Squad, the logo, however, is arranged as a crosshair over Superman's head. So it certainly looks like the squad have it out for the JL. Now that's Super Smash Melee. I'd like to play out in a video game. I don't know why. I, I, what was like that, that man? <laughs> you know what? I'm trying something new, Anthony. I'm trying to bring something to the table that you clearly are not bringing. So, oh wow, okay. Was that too much? Was that was that was that too much? Yeah, man. It sounded it sounded a little targeted, but yeah, that was, oh, a, I was there was a huge target. I had a crosshair. I had a crosshair over Anthony's uh, head. You're just saying Anthony Superman, of course. <laughs> so Daniel sent this. What uh, was it? Thursday. Thursday. The time Thursday. is relative, but sure. Because I saw it and I'm like, man, first, are they making. I didn't even see Suicide Squad because I just saw Superman. I'm like, man, are they doing a Superman type of Batman Arkham Knight type of story? Then they said, then I saw Suicide Squad and I thought, okay, hmm. That doesn't look like Superman because it kind of looks purple. Is that Bizarro? And I'm like, hmm. And then 
I looked, I talked to, I messaged, I looked at Daniel, I messaged Daniel and I said to him, is that bizarre? He's like, mm, maybe it's a Joker inspired Superman. I'm like, hmm, yeah, he does look like he, have, he has a smile. Maybe he's like some sort of virus infected Superman and you have to like, as a Suicide Squad, have to take him down, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, when I saw this, I thought, I can't wait to play this. Just because the mechanics of a Rocksteady game is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah. They've, they've done an amazing job. The Batman Arkham series um, totally caught everyone off guard when Batman Arkham Asylum came out. As in what, 2008, I believe that game came out. And that 2009, game... 2009, actually. 2009? Wow. Yep. Yeah, it Have was... They... What? Sorry, go ahead, Anthony. Have they made a, a, a game for this current-gen system? Like Xbox? Yes. Yeah, yeah, like the last Arkham, was- Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight was the last one. It, it came out earlier on in the in this generation, but um, yeah, they've they've pretty much done two for the Xbox 360 and PS3 generation, and one for this generation. But again, WB Montreal also did Batman Arkham Origins. So the Arkham franchise had three games last gen and one game this gen. I'm so. Like uh, Rocksteady hasn't let us down yet, game wise. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just so excited for this. I'm so happy that it's finally revealed. Um, I thought this was really newsworthy for us. I know we're a movie podcast, but you know, this is just goes to show that Warner, uh, Warner Brothers and DC are bringing the hype for DC fandom. And just two weeks away from from this week, um, they're bringing these big announcements. And um, the Suicide Squad game was leaked. You know this has been kind of like an open secret in the, in the industry, but it's nice that it's finally kind of revealed right now. People know what's coming. Um, they don't have to worry about leaks or URLs or domain name purchasing, uh, spoiling a game now. Um, right. and the fact that like, they're like, okay, you're going to be like the suicide squad and you're probably going to hunt down the justice league. Like, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of speculating what this could be. And like, is it bizarro Superman or are they is Superman or the justice league being controlled by like, somehow like Vandal Savage or like Maxwell Lord or somebody like that. And you know, this like Amanda Waller has to like get the suicide squad together to take down the justice league. Like mm-hmm. that'd be a really cool story. I'm just the, the biggest thing for me with this is like, this is what rocks that he wanted to do next. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, I trust that I want it to be great. I know it's going to be great. And I just can't wait to see more um, at DC fandom later this year or oh my God, later, <laughs> later this month. This We're month, so yeah. close. So I think close. what's I think what's also really important is that as as awesome as this is, is that Rocksteady is making this you know new Suicide Squad game, we, we can't also lose sight of the fact that WB Games Montreal is also working on a Batman game as well. I mean, at least that's yep. the rumor at the moment. So and there are teases online as well, and there's teases online. It's very Court of Owls like, so it could be a soft reboot to the Arkham series. But um, at the end of the day. DC games have not missed. They've been do they've been doing great with Rocksteady and even WB Games Montreal one was great. Even the Lego DC games are fantastic too. Even oh, the Marvel phenomenal. Games, but, but uh I'm excited. I you know, I think August 22nd when DC Fandom comes, it's it's going to be a great event. So, I'm excited for that. Do you guys have anything you want to add to our last story or any of the stories that we just had? Uh, th- sorry, and just one quick correction: the news dropped on Friday, not Thursday. Ah, yes, uh, yes, yeah. So we've been living with this news shorter than we thought, but it's uh, felt like we've always known. 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's always been with us. Exactly. You know why? You keep seeing it on Twitter, so you think it's like everywhere, and yeah. you think it pat like it happened so long ago. But again, you know, time doesn't fly by as quickly as you think it does. Yep. Damn, that's that's deep. I read that on the back of, my, uh, <laughs> of your card. I think Anthony, you have the same bumper uh, sticker. Uh, let's jump into some trailers. Trailer. Trailer. Oh, oh, damn it. No, it's my fault. I messed it up. I'm going to let you, Shay, I'm going to let you do it from the top. Trailers. 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 That was okay. okay. I mean, I wasn't that was blown right. away by that. I think most people unsubscribed after that one, but we'll see what oh, happens. One star review on that <laughs> one. star review. Uh, let's jump into some trailers. So we got a lot of uh, trailers this week. Well, a lot, but you know, I think this is the best grouping of trailers that I've seen in quite a while. Uh, we have the sleepover. You think you know your parents. This is a Netflix film. <laughs> How um, dare you say the statement you just did and then start with the sleepover? I know, you I think know. You, you know, know your parents. Do you know why? It's because the next trailer that's I'm about to talk about is probably my favorite trailer. I want to say maybe this year even. Hmm. But wow. we'll, we'll get to that okay. in a second. Uh, yeah, the sleepover. You think you know your parents. This one uh, looks awful. I'm so sorry to say that. <laughs> But my God, what the hell was going on in this trailer? It was like Spy Kids, uh, Diet Spy Kids. Like, I, I couldn't understand it. And I know Anthony <laughs> loves Spy Kids. So, Anthony, how did you feel about it? Well, you know, I watched it and then I wanted to pluck out my eyes because <laughs> it was um, absolutely awful. And like, oh, what but- is happening in this trailer? Is this, and like, what, like, what, how did you get a budget for this movie? Who asked for this? Yeah. Netflix. But it's Netflix, so they'll make anything. Uh, they will. Damn, what did you anything. think? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm unfortunately the one who sent this to you guys because if I don't think if I if I didn't send this to our group chat, um, none of us would have known about this. Um, I'm still very upset about it. <laughs> I'm still very upset that I watched it. <laughs> you know, no, I'm just all kidding. Um, it's not a good trailer, and it's just, it's one of those movies that reminds me that quality does not equal quantity and i mm-hmm. and i hope netflix um thinks about that when they greenlight more originals i also don't like the name it sounds like a like a paperback book series from when we were kids that you'd see at the scholastic yeah. book fair. like yeah, this series sure. is called the sleepover and then this uh, this book title is you think you know your parents and then there's like a series of them and it's all these like spy kids kind of things yeah this right. was a Awful trailer, yeah, yeah. But this next, yeah, but this next trailer that I'm going to get into, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh my God, I absolutely loved this trailer. Um, Lakeith Stanfield and why am, I, why am I blanking on his name now? Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. Just the way the trailer was edited. The I I just I felt like my <laughs> like my adrenaline rise when I was watching this trailer because it was yep. so well cut. This movie looks absolutely fantastic, and I think there's a new thing that all trailers are going to start doing now, where at least it's going to be more prominent. They end the trailer with only in theaters, so they really want to harp on the fact yep. that we want to make this a theater experience. But what did you guys think? I, I think this is this is my trailer of the week. Um, yeah, this again. I think it's a Warner Brothers thing right now. Warner Brothers is, is committed yeah. to that theater experience. You know, yeah, this trailer was phenomenal. Uh, directed by Shaka King and. 
produced by Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I love this time period in movies because, you know, the 60s were such a time of civil unrest. A lot of things changing in the 60s that um, still to this day have like like ripples in our society. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, oh my God, Daniel Kaluuya is going to win Best Actor next year for this movie. Oh my God. Because there's no doubt in my mind, even I'm taking that that burger bet right now, uh, that he's going to win Best Actor for this movie. Because it just, it's, it's hitting all those marks, but it also doesn't feel like an Oscar bait film. It just feels like one of those movies that um, is going to be like on the top 10 list of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope it is. I hope it delivers because damn, that trailer was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the black Panther party and Fred Hampton, who Daniel Kaluuya is playing. Um, I'm just really excited to learn the story and to learn more. Um, yeah. Going back a couple years ago, black Klansman was one of my favorite movies of 2018. Um, and I'm hoping that this sheds more light into the movement as well. Yeah. Anthony, did you watch the trailer? No, I have not. So um, I'll take a look at it after our show. But yeah, look, it sounds interesting and it looks really good uh, from the stills that that I've been looking at and the actors that are in it. I'm huge fans of. So um, I'll take a look at that after recording. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, We also got a trailer for The Undoing. Uh, This one, kind of hard to remember. What was this one about? (laughs) Because it's already undone in my head. Yeah. Oh damn! Uh, this is an HBO series with Nicole Kidman and ah uh, uh, yes 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 okay okay Hugh Grant yeah and Noah Yoop Yoope Yoope uh, yeah so this is, this is coming to HBO in October and it's just one of those shows that you know when you have like a cast like this it's like all right this is another awards bound show uh, right. but it's kind of it's, the show's about a therapist whose life is like kind of beginning to unravel as her husband. Uh. Uh, yeah, like yeah. There's an undoing. You got it. Uh, but yeah, she <laughs> finds out that her husband is kind of responsible for this disaster that happens, and yeah, it looks interesting. It looks interesting. It's interesting. HBO, so you know there's like a production value to it's it. It's quality. It's quality. Uh, we also got the trailer for Robin's Wish. This one, um, man, uh, Robin Williams' death is still one of the most impactful deaths that's uh, happened to me. What to what what I've seen for Hollywood and. Uh, this film, you know, really sheds the light on his mental health and pretty much his, I guess, his last few years of of everything that was happening. So this one looks great. It's pretty much a documentary, I guess you could say. Um, and I know, I know his wife is in it too. I'm not sure about his daughter, but um, yeah, this one looks this one looks like it's going to be great. What, do you guys have any thoughts about this one? Yeah, it's going to make you cry. A lot of sure. tears incoming. Yep, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be a, it's going to be a tearjerker. Um, I love Robin Williams, you know, as we all do. Um, he's one of those actors that, you know, they have kind of a direct line to that, that emotion inside of you, that direct line to your tears. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but also not looking forward to being sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems a, like a completely, well, it seems like it's going to be focusing more on his later years. Um, because there was a documentary that was it HBO that did it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? Inside Robin's mind, I believe. Right. Uh, um, yeah, it was, it was the name. It was named after his comedy special. Um, my gosh, why am I blanking on it right now? But anyway, it's, um, it's, yeah, it really dives into what he was experiencing and, you know, right. how he dealt with it and, 
things that you know were humanly impossible he was he was doing and he knew all along and it it was it's pretty sad because you get a lot of his friends and colleagues that were uh, interviewed and you know they mm-hmm. knew something was off about Robin because he wasn't the same or maybe he wasn't um his same you know persona that we were so used to so it is going to be a sad documentary but it's always good to know it's always good to know these things you know cuz right. you know you, you never know when this type of tragedy might affect you or signs that you might see in others that you can create awareness or just be more responsive to. Yeah. Yeah. Very well. uh, That documentary was called Robin Williams come inside my mind. I watched it on HBO and I, yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, I love Robin Williams. I miss him and you know, he has a great legacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, he does. One of the best. Easily. One of the next shows that we got here is the HBO Max original Raised by Wolves. Uh, starts streaming on September 3rd. I have not watched this trailer. Uh, Anthony, did you watch it? I did watch it. It was so interesting. Um, I saw just like a screenshot of it, and I'm like, whoa, Ridley Scott's directing um, this this TV series. Yeah. Uh, so I p- popped it on. I watched it, and it seems like um, it's the story is about like this android that is raising – these kids but mm. then there's this other faction it's very like tribal-esque so think of it as um you know west world meets um sea you know right um, interesting but it has like very like the, the characteristics and the, like the, the art direction is very ridley scott because i saw a lot of like prometheus in there and just the way yeah looks, it's very his aesthetic so um, I thought that was interesting, and it's coming out September third, which is um, very very soon. It's not a, in, like it's not a huge cast. I, I have not seen any of these people or heard of these people. Um, but yeah, if you haven't yeah. watched it, watch it and stay tuned for it. It'll be on HBO Max and probably Crave September third. Yeah, I um, yeah. I didn't see the trailer, but I watched the just just some like um, screenshots and very much Prometheus vibes. Sorry, Daniel, go ahead. No, I was going to say, the only one I recognize is Travis Fimmel, who was in uh, Vikings. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it looks it kind of like Death Stranding vibes and like Prometheus vibes and aliens and all that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope it's good. I'm reading, uh, I didn't see the trailer yet because I know we just added it, but you know, I was reading that it was originally going to be a TNT series and then they moved it over to HBO Max. So yeah, I hope it's good. The nice thing about streaming services now is that um, there's not a big lead time into release. It's like, announce it trailer the next week and then it's out so keep it fresh in the mind you know that's good the creator of this show is also the writer for prisoners directed by uh i can't pronounce his name his name is aaron guzkowiski yeah yeah i was trying to read myself whiskey no 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 (laughs) But uh, yeah, let's get to out this week. <laughs> we have <laughs> our most anticipated film, Unhinged, with Ridley uh, by not Ridley Scott. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Um, in Gladiator. Yeah, he was in Gladiator. What was his name? Russell Crowe. Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow. <laughs> Russell throws but a phone at the paparazzi crow. But what's special about out this week? This week, Shay. What? 
What's special about the movies releasing this week? Oh, they're actually coming to something called a theater. I'm not sure if you're familiar with what that is. They're coming to theaters. Not in a long time. Yeah, and especially Canada, where we have not beat COVID yet, but we're still we're getting by. You know, we're just seeing smaller, smaller numbers. Um, but I guess that means open the movie theater. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I I don't work in the government, so. Clearly, they don't make they don't let me make these decisions. So, Unhinged is coming, which I mean, I cannot wait to not see. And then we have the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, which uh, uh, you know what? Maybe we'll go see. Who knows? It's interesting that again, like we were talking about this a little bit with uh, with Sarah last week on the show. That like, yes, yeah, SpongeBob was off the schedule completely, and it was set to be released on like digitally next year. But because theaters are opening here in Canada, because uh, we're doing better with COVID, um, we're now getting it. So, like, who knows what other movies that have different release dates are they going to be shuffled around and start being released sooner in places that theaters are open? So, um, so here's here's a question for you guys: um, If you were to guess, and I and I know this is going to be is this isn't going to be a good you know answer to really give, but if you were to guess next week's box office, then what are you thinking? Oh man, yeah. Because I guess we'll have proper box office next week. Yeah, mm. I think Unhinged will beat SpongeBob. Okay, wow. Only because I don't know if families. I don't know. I think they'll be close because I don't know if families are going to be taking kids to the theaters. Normally, SpongeBob would destroy a movie like that, but right. I, I think that there's going to be more adults going to the theater, and maybe mm-hmm. that's what they go watch. I, I, Who knows? I, you know what? I agree with you. But what do you, if you were to give it a dollar value? Oh man, Five million. I don't even think Five million? I don't even okay. I don't even know if we'd be in the, the high millions. I'd probably think maybe two to three million. Yeah. Lower yeah. lower millions. Lower millions. <laughs> yeah, lower I millions. think <laughs> millions to low millions were, were definitely. Yeah, no, millions. I think I, I honestly think like maybe two to three million, if anything. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with Anthony there. I think five million is a possibility, but then I have to think about it. this is it's going to be primarily Canada and select theaters in the states. So you're not wrong to say two to five million is is definitely the possibility. It could even be disgustingly lower. You never know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, twenty thousand dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> it made fifteen bucks, and it was a ticket by Anthony to see Unhinged. Yeah. I will go. But watch it's interesting, Unhinged. though. You know, like we're looking, we're looking at theaters, and like you know, we're looking at like let's say tickets for SpongeBob, for example. And one of the theaters, there's only nine seats available in the whole theater because mm-hmm. the way that theater is designed. So it's like maybe millions is even yeah, way you're right, too much of a, a prediction. You know, like I think it's going to be. Wait, forget less, about but probably hundred thousand. Yeah, forget about people actually like wanting to see the movie. You have to think about can theaters accommodate that much people? Because you're right. When we were looking exactly. at tickets for SpongeBob, there were like eight seats, and this was not like sold out. It means like that's it. They had eight seats, so that's all that are available for yeah. the no way. There was only eight yeah. seats. Yeah, it was one yeah. row that was open for SpongeBob only. Yeah, why? That was it. Are they I don't anticipating know. It could families? Be, be the, it could be how the exits are. It could be exactly that as well, too, Anthony. It could be maybe they're anticipating families coming in and purchasing at the theater. You know, Sarah was saying that if bigger groups are coming in, they'll work with managements to ensure, like, the distancing between all the seats and everything. Um, maybe they're holding out kind of seats for purchasing in person, which a mm. lot of people still do. 
Yeah. All right. Let's jump into what we're watching. Anthony, let's start with you. What did you watch this week? So I started the week off with um, Tomb Raider. And I haven't seen it before. So I thought, okay, well, it's on Netflix. Let me pop it on. Um, I know you guys kind of you loved the film. and Oh, yeah, I've never, definitely. I've never seen it. So I thought it was good. I thought it was a great film for... You said we for, loved it? Yeah, you said you loved you loved yes candor in it, and you um you thought the storyline was great, and yeah, man, I said it's it's this movie and then The Departed as my favorite films of all time. I think yeah, you told me (laughs) I watched it. I thought it was okay. okay. Like I didn't yeah. love it as much as you guys. I, again, <laughs> no one does, man. I, I I I can't predict anybody having that much love. I can't think of bigger movie. fans than Daniel and I. For I remember you no. guys telling me the beginning sequence on the bike and the paint was probably one of the <laughs> best bike I, rides you've ever seen. And I already forgot about that sequence, so that that means a lot. <laughs> I like, think that is <laughs> that is one of the best scenes ever committed to celluloid. Like that is <laughs> that is what the movies are. They about. shot digitally, but I but in my mind it was shot on film. Yeah. <laughs> so I popped that on. Then I watched Elysium the, the night after because I I haven't seen that film in a really long time, and I thought that film was really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, really really well done. I love Elysium. Just just for its cinematography and the whole like classism story arc and uh, Matt Damon was fantastic in it. And it was just a really good sci-fi film that you don't even hear it. Not a lot of people talk about it, but it's a no. really good movie. I really uh, enjoyed that film. As well. I, go ahead, Daniel. The, the body horror in that movie as well too. Yeah. There's some really intense scenes in it and it always trips me out that like Eminem was the original person they wanted to play yeah. uh, Matt Damon's role. I can't believe that. Crazy. Um, then, then I saw Bad Boys for Life that popped up on Amazon Prime, so I, you know, popped that on. Um, not my favorite Bad Boys film. I still like one, two, and three in that order. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, so this, this is third best. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, because dude, the story's not. It's it's pretty dumb, but yeah. Uh, I liked it. I, I don't know. I like Will Smith in, in movies. I know he doesn't pick the right movies. I love Bad Boys, the, the franchise, uh, but I, I love Will Smith, and I, he gives it his all, and I thought um, Martin Lawrence was fantastic in it, and yeah, so I watched, I watched that. It was the first time in, since we watched it in theaters. Then I put My Gemini God. Man because it was right next to Boys uh, <laughs> for Life in the Amazon Prime um, catalog. So I thought, okay, well, you know what? I'll just try this. I'm. I want to see what Will Smith looks like when he was younger. I want to see how <laughs> bad it was or how good it was. And to tell you the truth, like for for whatever this movie was trying to be, it, it was pretty bad. But uh, <laughs> I did like, not expect that. I did not expect. It felt like you were going in such a positive direction. Like, listen, for what for what they tried. This was just garbage. It was, it like, was the story worse. was like, like oh. I like it was super boring and it was really long and oh, yeah. and their action sequences were great but they were like they show up and then they're done and then it's all dialogue and you know Will Smith plays like the 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 father figure to himself which is a little interesting and 
uh, Clive Owens in it. And I'm like, I haven't seen this guy forever. Uh, <laughs> with his, like his parted haircut. And I don't know. But one thing I would say about this film is like the technology wise. Um, yeah, there are, there are scenes where Will Smith just looks really, really bad as a young Will Smith. But then there are scenes where it's like, man, this is going to be the future of film where we'll be able to de-age um, an actor for a whole entire movie um, and and looks really, really, really good because there are certain scenes yeah. that looks like Will Smith, like, holy macaroni, like, mm. this, this is fantastic. But then there's some scenes it's just not, not there. But I would say in the next five years, 100%, we can bring back characters or actors from, you know, the grave. Would you well, guys I mean, want like that? James Dean. With James Dean, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen James, um, <laughs> James Dean act since he died. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion. You know, Anthony, I remember you and I, um, or was it you and I, Shay? We had our episode where we were talking about that. Um, it's an interesting concept of bringing people back. Um, but yeah, with with Gemini Man, I only watched like the first twenty five minutes of it, and I'm like, you know, this isn't. I'm I was New Year's Eve. I'm like, do I want to end my 2019, the last good year on Earth, <laughs> watching this movie? Um, and I chose not to, and I didn't watch it. But <laughs> I just I was I wasn't getting into it as much. I want to give it a shot though, because that movie feels like it came out years ago at this point. Um, but uh, the nice thing is they had a lot of young Will Smith to reference from Fresh Prince and all his other 90s movies. So um, mm-hmm. I still have to give it a shot. Yeah, I don't think you have to, Damon. I'll be honest. Um, yeah, I, remember, <laughs> okay. I just remember when that film ended, I the weight of the world finally came off of me. I felt like someone put like a straight jacket on me and tied me down to that bed. Mm-hmm, Man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what else did you watch, Anthony? Um, I put on The Net with Sandra Bullock. So this was like a nostalgic film for me because I remember watching this as a kid. And you have been crushing hard on her. Oh, Sandra Bullock? My gosh. Yeah. Sandra Bullock was fantastic. That's all I got to say. She's just fantastic. You know what? <laughs> like as an adult, I didn't like as a kid, I never realized it until I like as an adult, you see her and I'm like, man, she's fantastic. Um, oh god (laughs) okay um but yeah man like i put on the net and it was just so funny what people thought the internet was back in 95 and they got (laughs) a lot of things right and then they got a lot of things wrong i'm like i don't think you can order pizza on the net in 95 and 96 i don't think they had that yet but no or like book your flights but eventually it became that thing like you can now you know buy pizza online and or book your flights um but again this the story was pretty hard to follow i it was very very techy and to the point where i just got lost but you know watching sandra bullock you can't you only get lost with her but (laughs) (laughs) so lame man but uh yeah I would say if you've ever watched the net, go watch it. It's just a very complicated storyline on the internet. And I don't even know, like to tell you the truth, I can't tell you what it's about. It's so weird, but it's a very, very good movie. It's Andrew Bullock's in it. Um, Then I put on the boys because the new season's coming out. So I thought, okay, let me do a recap of uh, the last season. And I watched a couple of episodes. I haven't finished the whole series, but I can't wait for the new series. Um, I forgot a lot of things that happened in the last series, so it was a good refresher. 
What about you, Daniel? Yeah, no, I have to I have to watch the boys again because again I loved it last year. Um, Shane and I actually watched an American Pickle this oh, week. Oh yeah, that so that, that movie. <laughs> that movie. Uh, so American Pickle is a movie starring Seth Rogen. It's directed by Brandon Trost, who isn't a director's name that you may have heard of before. But he is a cinematographer, and he is a cinematographer for a lot of movies that you've heard of. So things like Disaster Artist, things like Pop Star, Never Stop Stopping, Neighbors, The Night Before, uh, That Awkward Moment, This Is The End. He's somebody who's frequently collaborating with Seth Rogen and James Franco and those guys and The Lonely Islands. Um, So this is, I guess, his first directing gig. Um, (laughs) This movie, it's an HBO Max original, and... Man, I wish I wanted to like this movie more. And I know that's not the best way to start off a review of a movie. Um, but I just feel like I don't even I don't know what this movie was about. And I think that's something that Shay and I we both came away from. Um Seth Rogan plays kind of dual roles. He plays um his great 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 grandfather who fell into a pickle brine. And was preserved for 100 years and wakes up in modern day where he teams up with his great-great-great-grandson who is Seth Rogen today, I guess, and just kind of live their life together. Um, But there's no really rhyme or reason for what they're doing other than, you know, old Seth Rogen. (laughs) I'll refer to them as old and young young Seth Rogen. Um, Old Seth Rogen was upset at the Russians – for I guess attacking his village in the past so now his whole goal is to take down this billboard for vodka that is now over the his the cemetery where his wife is buried and young Seth Rogen is an app developer who is trying to get his app off the ground but is unable to do so and it almost sounds like I'm doing a what's the plot right now but I'm not that's just that's just what this movie's about um, and I'll let Shay jump in here with some of his, his thoughts on it. I, I think, yeah, Daniel, you when you're describing this fi- film, I'm hearing you and I'm going, oh my God, what? What? And, <laughs> here's the thing. Was it that? <laughs> here's the thing. The, the first, like, maybe 10 minutes of the film, I thought, okay, there's some promise here. This movie could actually be really funny because I laughed a bunch of times. Um, Definitely. And then it it just to me felt like it could have been something that was maybe like a nine minute sketch on SNL. And then they just kept pulling and pulling and pulling and trying to make, because every scene in the movie feels so disjointed and edited and kind of like stitched together that when you're watching it, it just feels like different clips of the same movie that are just definitely piled. Yeah. They're just piled together. Um, There's no motivation for any of the characters. I think the character development, and I know, I know this is a movie about a guy who survives in pickle brine. So why am I looking that deep into it? But at the end of the day, if you're going to put me in your world, at least help me help you feel entertained in it too. And I, I didn't. I just, I don't know. It was Seth Rogen Young supposed to be finding his faith as a Jewish man, as who isn't Jewish as much Jewish anymore, and now wants to be more Jewish. Like there were so many things that they were trying to do that at the end of the day, I've forgotten maybe ninety five percent of this film. That's so true. Honestly, Shay, like, again, we always kind of come back to that, that idea of, you know, put us in the world of your movie, but don't make us question the reality of your movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I always go to the example of Avengers. 
I believe the Avengers travel through time. I was in that. I was in that movie. I didn't question it. It made sense in that world. Exactly. When I, 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 I let's look at a more recent example: Palm Springs, a movie about the same day, repeating over and over and over again because of this weird cave that they went into. I never questioned that because the movie didn't make me think about that. This movie literally is about a man out of time who is coming into a modern day um, world. And it's never addressed other than with old Seth Rogen and young Seth Rogen when they're talking. Everything else he's doing, oh, he's starting a pickle company because I guess he worked at the pickle factory, which he never even made the pickles. He was just there killing rats in that in that factory. Oh, um, yeah, he now was, he know yeah. now he now he's a master pickle briner or a pick, pickle preserver, whatever you call them. And it's never addressed. Like he and then he gets a bunch of success, and you know, there's a lot of making fun of modern day. Uh, people which is great in modern day kind of technology and hipsters and all that kind of like the news cycle and all that but it never really comes up that he's a man out of time until way later in the movie uh this movie literally starts or like comes to the modern day with him being in a pickle brine which you would have drowned in that you know you would have drowned in that water why am i thinking about this he literally kids <laughs> discover him in this factory that's never been touched for some reason in new york city yeah. never been touched never been demolished or walked into and all this water is perfectly preserved sorry it's because of the drone just knocks over the yeah the lid nobody nobody's ever been in there before and like you're thinking about this and this movie what does he do it, it literally jumps instead of him being a fish out of water literally or a fish out of pickle juice um it just jumps to a, a, a conference with him with scientists it doesn't even show us his first reactions to being in modern day it does a it's a random ass jump cut to him talking with scientists saying oh Yes, that makes uh, the scientists saying yes. That makes all perfect sense, and they ma- they make a joke out of it, which is funny. But it's also just like, oh, there's no stakes, there's no consequences. Why should I care about this character? And that goes, to, and then both characters just treat each other awful. So you're like, who am I? I'm not rooting for any of you guys. You guys both yeah. suck. Yeah, I I personally don't even like pickles. So if I were to give this movie, <laughs> I I ask for no pickles on my burger all the time. I don't like pickles at all. So if I were to give this movie a rating, it'd be remove the pickles, skip it. Daniel, what yeah. about you? Oh, yeah, easily. I would say hold the pickles. Uh, you don't need to watch this movie. Every And yeah. like this movie, I, everything will be okay in the end, but you don't have to watch this movie to what find that What if our out. audience likes pickles, though? Like, would you say eat the pickle, skip the movie? Mm, that sounds like uh, a line from Godfather, you know. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, it's I think I think it's just safe to say skip it. You know, you don't this isn't a movie that um isn't required viewing. I know we're very uh thin right now with movie releases, but guess what? Unhinged and the SpongeBob movie is coming out this week. So, you don't have There's to wait hope. too much longer. There's hope. I just I just want to say to you guys, I told you so. You know, like I told you so. Yeah, this, this is the guy who loves Terminator Dark Fate. So what am I going to do? Terminator Dark Fate's a great film. <laughs> first, you know, hour uh, is a great film. Yeah, most movies that have just the first great hour are just great films, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> continuing on what I watched this week, though, um, you know, Mission Impossible Fallout had its uh, two-year anniversary. Um, and I know we've been talking about watching it. So finally, uh, Shane and I, we watched it last week as well, too. Um 
what a phenomenal movie. I don't know what more we could say about this movie other than it's it's one of my all-time favorites. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I cannot wait to see what they do with uh, the movie next year and the sequel to that. I wonder if we'll be the end. Who knows? All we know is that Tom Cruise will continue running in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Deathstroke, Knights and Dragons, which is a new DC animated film. Uh, this is this movie is about Deathstroke. Kind of, you figure out how he became Deathstroke, and now he's going on a mission to save his son. Um, I wasn't feeling this movie. Um, I wish I had more better things to say about it, but you know, I think it one of the biggest things stems from the art style. It has a very uh, again. I, I I'm using this. I'm not an animator, but I'm using this as the most ignorant language I can. It feels kind of cheap. Um, where there's no really design or a real aesthetic to it. It feels almost like the most apt description I could give is like, you know, when a, like a major movie comes out and there's like a kid's version of a, like a picture book for it, it kind of gives me that vibe. So where it's just like, yeah, let's make a kiddie version of Deathstroke, but it's like, let's also have him killing people and have lots of blood and him take on drug lords and all this stuff. So it was, it was a very weird match of story and animation, also, I just think the story wasn't that good. You know, there's some cool action sequences in it, but, you know, this movie just slogs on. And, like, by the – I feel like the hour mark, I was like, oh, my God, there's still another half an hour to this, where it just I, – I just felt like I was just losing my place watching it. Um, I also watched – because Suicide Squad was announced this week, I watched uh, Batman Assault on Arkham, which is a phenomenal uh, DC animated movie set in the world of Arkham, the Arkham games. So I definitely recommend watching that. And I also spent a bunch of time this week uh, playing the Marvel's Avengers beta on PlayStation Four, um, and having a I was having a lot of fun with that. Shabazz, what about you? Um, so yes, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Watch that with you. Obviously, love, love, love that film. American Pickle, not loving, loving, loving that film. Uh, I I continued my watch of The Punisher on uh, Netflix. I finished season one and I started season two. Season two is pretty bad so far. It's um, it's just I I can't think of writing any lazier than I've ever seen before. The motivation for why we're watching The Punisher is so thin. It's probably the most paper thin reason for him. The the show beat the season two starts off with you know The Punisher still kind of like you know being a drifter going on his own way and he just sees a girl in a bar and the girl looks like she's being followed by you know really powerful looking military dudes and he just gets involved for absolutely no reason other than wanting to be a good guy but because he gets involved it now turns into this whole like chase cat and mouse thing with this religious preacher dude and there are some cool moments but it's only because i love watching john bernthal just be badass but again he's not utilized to his full extent i just want the show to be about him but it's about everybody else you're seeing the character of billy come back even though i don't know how he survived the last episode of season one Uh, i i would have been dead 50 times if that was me the way that he died aka in that show um (laughs) but yeah this i'm gonna finish season two only because i'm curious as to what happens but my god it's it's not good at all um then i was i I think um sorry oh sorry no no No, i was gonna say i i I think a lot of the the marvel netflix shows kind of have that that overall feeling for me where it's like you know i'm watching it and you know there's 
moments that I really like, but I'm mostly just watching because I want to see where it goes. Yeah. And I felt that with a lot of, I felt that especially with Iron Fist, obviously, but oh, God. Um, even with Defenders and Daredevil season two and um, Luke Cage at some points, you know, like you kind of get to a point where is it, I'm, am I enjoying this or do I, am I, am I just curious to see where the story goes at this point, but I'm not yeah. curious enough to actually feel committed to it. I'm not like involved in it. I'm not entertained. I'm I, sometimes I'm on my phone and I hate doing that when I'm watching something, especially something that I've never seen before. So if I can like leave the show on, go to the bathroom and come back and feel like I haven't missed a thing, the show is not doing a great job. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't for me. Well, so far it's not for me. And I, I, I doubt that this season two is going to take a dramatic turn and, all of a sudden become interesting. It won't. Uh, yeah, really, eh? It's, it's that bad, Anthony. Have you watched it? Yeah, I watched it. It's pretty boring. Oh, buddy. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Um, I was really in the mood to finally watch this film because I love The Departed and I watched Infernal Affairs. Um, I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so good. And obviously, yes, you know, this is what The Departed is based on, but this movie crams the story of the departed in about an hour and 45 minutes uh the departed i think is 17 hours long so um where before the, departed, the title even comes in before the title even comes in uh where the departed really you know develops these characters and adds all these other storylines this film and maybe it's because you know i know what's going to happen and i know the departed maybe that helped but it just i think it did so much in so little time for me as well uh, Infernal Affairs also, I think, has about two or three sequels, too. So there's definitely more to their story. But if you ever get a chance to watch it, it is it is wicked. I highly recommend it. Really good movie. Um, have you guys seen it? Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Like I Last time I saw Infernal Affairs was, I think I was telling you, Shay, like 2007, 2008. Mm. And I literally watched it because I was like, oh, I should probably watch this because I really like to depart it. Um, and I remember really liking it, but also being like, oh, it's, it's Leo's not in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, I think you'd really enjoy it if you ever get a chance to, to watch it. No, I would. Like, now that you reminded me about it, I'll probably watch it. I know there's a sequel to it, too. So. There's, yeah, there's two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's Infernal Affairs 2 and 3, I want to say. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I also uh, put on Black is King, the Beyonce-directed uh, visual album on Disney Plus. Uh, this one I, I didn't do in one sitting. I, I did about maybe like 20 minutes a day throughout the course of the week. <laughs> uh, and the reason why is, and I was talking to some other people about it too, and there's it's a really it's really beautiful the way it's shot and the way it looks, but it's also there's a lot to take in. And for me, something that is an hour and was it 45? No, hour and 40 long just visual album it's a lot to digest like i can't just sit there and watch it i i needed right. the break in between because it's there's also a lot that's happening in it you know there's the theme around the lion king and there's a there's a story kind of being narratively toned uh but yeah it was good it was um it, it looks really great on my tv my oled tv the all the colors are really sharp so i thought that looked good <laughs> um but yeah, it was. If you're a fan of Beyonce's music, I, I'm sure you would really, really get a kick out of it. Um, because yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was well done. I'll, I'll give it. I'll, I'll say that. I'm looking at the box office right now for The Lion King from last year, and I totally forgot of how much that movie 
destroyed the box office. It made oh, almost one point seven billion dollars. My yeah, God, it killed it. Um, yeah, it did. It did a lot. Yeah. Well, that's what we're watching. Let's jump into our trivia question. Now, I I'm not going to do. I think my trivia question is pretty easy this week because I was trying to find something that was relatively themed, but it was hard. And uh, I think it's a pretty easy question, and I won't be giving multiple choice because that'll give it away. But oh, wow. my question is Mulan based, and this is from 1987 or 1988 Mulan. Um, and the question is. What 90s boy band has a song featuring Stevie Wonder from Mulan? And that's the question. I haven't, I've never seen Mulan. I only know it from watching um, the trailer on TV as a kid. Um, but if I were to guess, yeah, it would probably be in sync. Okay. Daniel, what about yourself? But I don't know. Like, to tell you the truth, I really don't know. It'd be like 98. I'm upset. <laughs> I'm upset that I know this. Um, wait, so wait, the Andy, answer. Was, yeah, go ahead, Daniel. The answer is 98 degrees. Yeah. Oh, wow. Anthony should have gone with your second choice. Yeah. Well, I thought of Justin Timberlake, and I'm like, oh, he was part of the Mickey Mouse Club. So maybe there was like, yeah. some. Well, he did Tarzan, right? They did Tarzan. Yeah, they did Tarzan. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. There, Disney says one only. Okay, it's uh, you know, boy band <laughs> Disney. You know, capsule in my head. That I yeah, just but go. you have to go Disney nineties ninety eight degrees exactly. You know, and the and the movie came out what year? Nineteen ninety eight. You know, it was all part of it. It's you have to play the game, Anthony. Yeah, come on, man. I've never watched Mulan, <laughs> and I never will. You've and never watched Mulan. No. How come? No, man, it's just it's not a movie for me. It's okay. not my cup of tea, Damn. you know? We got to make a man out of you, and you got to watch that film. Damn. But Eddie that's... Murphy's best acted role. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm Beating out Norbit. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and Pluto Nash. Uh, but that is our episode for today. Uh, thank you guys for joining us so much on the Movie Podcast. Again, if you have anything that you want to add, if there's something that you watch, kind of like what Joel at the beginning of our show wrote in saying what you know they watched and what they loved, please let us know also what movies you think we should be watching, if we've seen them or not. Who cares? We'll talk about them because we love talking about movies here on the Movie Podcast. So please write in the thistimewith.com slash talk. Let us know what you think. And, of course, that was This Time with the Movie Podcast. And we'll see you next. <laughs>